Two young boys about the age of nine always enjoyed playing in a, a local playground all summer long, and often they would see this elderly lady, very frail, probably in her 90s, walk by, sit at a park bench, and then leave. And one day they noticed she left behind her purse. And so they looked inside, and there they saw a $10 bill, and they said to one another, it's not right that we should keep the purse. But don't you think we should change the $10 bill into 10 ones before we give it back to her? They were already planning their reward. They were already planning, even though they're nine, they were already planning their reward. That does not really touch on the power of tonight's gospel passage of the parable. It's really kind of saccharine. And unfortunately, probably in many parishes, in many dioceses, that's unfortunately what the people might be fed. So let me make it a little bit more clear regarding the analogy of the dishonest steward, because every priest and deacon I know hates this passage. They hate preaching on it. But it's there. We have to deal with it. And it is within the first reading from Amos and the gospel reading of the parable, both have to deal with judgment. Sandwiched in between was the reading from Timothy, an exhortation to pray that God's will is that all would be saved, but we know that's not what happens. If you're in the church of Nice, yes, that's what happens. Because in the church of Nice, there is no right, there is no wrong, everybody goes to heaven. But that's not what Jesus taught. He said of Judas himself, woe to him. It would be better if he had not been born. And then in another place in the gospel, he says, Father, I have lost none of them that you have given to me except the son of destruction. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't sound to me like Jesus is saying Judas has got a seat in the kingdom. Not even a children's table way over in the corner like you had in Thanksgiving. I don't think so. There is a reality of judgment. And he shocks his hearers into challenging them. Especially the Pharisees and scribes, the religious leaders themselves, who are listening to this parable. What is the first point? The first point is the reality of judgment. If the dishonest steward knows of the reality of worldly judgment then how do we as children of sons and daughters of God not also take seriously spiritual judgment? That's the primary point, to take it seriously. Not like the two nine-year-olds who found the purse in the playground. Second, he realizes he's losing his home. He wants a home. And he says to himself, wow, I can't dig ditches. I'm too weak and I'm too ashamed to beg, which is probably what I'm going to have to do to earn a living. I know what I'll do. And so it's the idea that he has a destination. He starts out with no destination, the things he doesn't want to do, dig ditches or beg. 
but he knows he wants to have a goal. And so it's reminding us, do we as sons and daughters of God work for that goal? If you're going to run a marathon, like the Jessica, Jessica uh, Meredith Jacobson marathon we just had on Saturday, if you're going to run a race, you're going to get ready. You're going to get ready. If any of you are young adults and young, young people are into sports, you know you have to train. And can we as sons and daughters of God be as prudent, shrewdly prudent of knowing that that's the goal and what are we doing to get there? The third is he actually works at it. And that gets me into the sandwiched reading in between the two readings of judgment from Amos and from the parable of Jesus. St. Paul gives us this exhortation to prayer. Are we using it as a weapon? Or is it taking the back burner with all the distractions and all the worries and the things of this world? You see, faith is considered to be impractical. Oh, you have your heads in the clouds. No, Jesus is saying in the very essence of this parable, we have to be practical about the knowledge of our judgment. Nothing is really ours. Nothing is ours. At the end, either God the Father will say to you and me, mine, or Satan will say, mine. We can't sit on the fence there. One or the other will happen. It's not a middle ground, as in the church of Nice, where everything is gray. So we're reminded, are we working at it? Do we realize the reality of it? So on the serious side, I'll leave you with something for your prayer time from Greek mythology, especially for my youth. In Greek mythology, Homer wrote an epic poem called The Odyssey. And in The Odyssey, Odysseus meets the sea goddess Calypso. Calypso is immortal, and she has never met a mortal man. And she just falls into deep infatuation with Odysseus. And she wants to be with him forever. And she becomes jealous of Odysseus because Odysseus is mortal. And he knows that every day counts. And his decisions count and are serious. Whereas Calypso has no idea what that means. And she becomes jealous of Odysseus because she realizes his life is actually more rich than hers because he has to make each day count because he knows they are counted. Do we have that same kind of prudence.